Gather round, take a seat, relax. It's the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Afton, right here on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. It is a privilege and an honor to be here with you on this Tuesday, 24th of May and the 23rd of ER. And hopefully together we could have a fascinating show, interesting, hopefully stimulating. Feel free to join the Fabrangian at 34519, um, where you can be part of the conversation. Or evil Rabbi Aftson at chayfm.coz, I think is the email address. Um, or just reach out to the station if you want to get in contact directly through me. Uh, to me, we can have a conversation on air or off air. So here we are, about 11 days before the next big Chag, Shavuot, the giving of the Torah, and finding ourselves still in the Omer, hence the, the a cappella music, still in an interesting time, the in-between, the in-between time between Passover and Shavuot. And what I want to explore with you today, and hopefully, you know, unpack it a bit, is this space, this space between freedom and commitment, and what happens in that space. You see, Passover commemorates the holiday of freedom, Zman Cheirotein, the time that we were released. Shavuot is the time that God gave us the manual for living. He gave us the Torah. On Passover, he gave us the opportunity to follow a manual because as long as you're a slave, you cannot follow it. But at Shavuot, seven weeks later, he actually gave us the manual. He says, okay, I gave you freedom, but now I'm actually going to tell you what freedom actually looks like. It's not like that lyric of the song goes, no right, no wrong, no rules for me, I'm free. But rather it goes, there is right, there is wrong, there are principles, there is rules for me, and therefore I'm free. But unlike till now that the rules were made by fellow human beings with agendas, these rules are made by your creator, God, almighty God, who knows you, created you, created certain strengths in your system and certain weaknesses. In other words, a human being is a complex mix-up. And God comes and says, I know you. I made your complexity. I made your pulls, your pull towards heaven and your pull towards materialism and animal and you know animalistic pursuits. I gave you both. And here is the manual, and hopefully this will help you straddle the tension and bring heaven into earth, not make you ascend to heaven, not allow you to fall too low into the earth that you literally become unrecognizable as a human being. No, you'll find a way to straddle that incredible tension between the angel within you and the animalistic part of you. So that's Shavuot, that's really Shavuot when God gives the manual gives the, the, the Torah. Most people see the Torah as a rule book. 
I like the word manual much more, not because uh, you know it's semantics, but I think a manual is much more authentic to what it is, just like any product you get that you you need a manual. I mean, certain products are very easy to figure out, but a product that you don't figure out naturally, you need a manual. And even those that you figure out naturally, sometimes what's intuitive is not necessarily the right thing to do. And then you, you went and built the whole cupboard without looking in the manual and you realize you were missing four different pieces. And now you have to unpack the whole thing, uh, unravel it and rebuild. So Shavuot is when we got the manual, the manual of how to live a good life, how to live a virtuous life, how to live a meaningful life. But what I want to sit, at least at the beginning of the show and at the beginning of this fabric, is really sit at that middle space. That middle space between when freedom is given to us and before we realize that we need a set of rules. Human beings have always got very confused by this middle space. In other words, if you look at human history from one perspective, it's often a fluctuation between two extremes. A world of imposing rules, whether it is by kings and queens, slave masters, etc., um, people imposing rules on others, and then it swings to the end, to the other extreme, where no rules, not only no rules from human beings, but no rules from any gods, from any um, divinity, nothing, no rules at all. And you know, you think of the world even 50, 60 years ago, people growing up in a rule-based home to now where rules are considered restrictive and archaic and patriarchal and God knows what other new terms I haven't learned since I went to sleep last night. Um, we fluctuate and we, go, we went to this new extreme where rules are bad. Why? Because we came from one extreme where the rules were made up by fellow human beings and they felt unfair and very often they were unfair and agenda driven. So we go to the extreme and we say no rules. But very few of us can sit in that space. Why? Because the space with no rules, the space of freedom without rules is a very unnatural space for a human being. It offers no stability, it offers no structure, it offers no um, sense of belonging, no anchoring. And we really struggle in that space. Human beings really struggle to be in a space where they don't know what is expected of them, when there's no manual. And what often happens is then they adapt a new kind of manual. And I'll give you a prime example. It is not a political show, and I'm not saying this from a political perspective. I'm saying it just from, you know, watching society. 10, 15 years ago, I'm not talking about hundreds of years, but 10, 15 years ago, the chances are most of the people listening to the show can recall liberalism and being open-minded was a virtue and the big argument against religion was that it's too dogmatic has too many rules now it's 2022 a, a big part of the community that 15 years ago considered themselves liberal now moved to the left and when i'm saying left i'm saying you know the whole package of what it means to be a leftist in today's day and age using it, first, first and foremost, um, celebrating victimhood as a as an 
aspiration and making sure to not trigger people's sensitivities and microaggressions, etc. And when you think about that and you think about how many rules there are in that world, and obviously part of leftist ideology is you have to be anti-Israel and you have to be pro-dictators and you have to celebrate societies that are tyrannical because they were victims in the past regardless of the fact that now they're no longer victims or regardless of the fact that not every victim is innocent and not every strong person is guilty. But there's no nuance in this worldview. But there's a lot of rules. Don't say this. Don't call a person by their own name. Don't... Um, you have to apologize for who you are, and et cetera, et cetera. Now, I'm not here to explore the whole leftist ideology. Believe me, the you know there's enough podcasts and videos and stuff out there to hear from all sides. But I'm here to highlight one point, and that is that eventually any society cannot live without rules. And what it does then is it develops new rules. Now, unlike religion, which is God-based rules. Now these rules are all made up by the the quirks of the time. Each day, you know, some intellectuals come and figure out the new rules that a society needs. And when you think about the amount of rules there are in today's day and age um, on everything, what you think, what you say, how you engage with the world, etc., what you see is that humans cannot survive without rules. They'll always adapt rules. The only question is, which rules? A prime example is communism. Okay, communism, the, the big idea was that there is no God and that, that it's pure secularism. That was the at the core of the communist ideology. But guess what happened very soon after communism took over, whether it was in Russia and China and Venezuela, whichever society they came in, they made more rules than any other society. You cannot spit in the front of the face of Stalin. If you do, you'll be, you'll be killed. You cannot say this. You cannot think this. You cannot engage like this. You cannot, literally, you cannot breathe unless the government allows you to. And that's what happens in, in a lot of, pretty much in every communist societies, in some socialist societies, and definitely in totalitarian societies. You see it over and over and over. So it starts off by saying, we're going to remove the rules of old. We're going to throw out, right? Who needs religion and who needs all this dogma? We are now living in the modern era of new freedom. Now, what happens a few years later? These same societies that claim to throw off rules, put on more rules that are more archaic than even what for some, religion was thousands of years ago. In other words, when there was still, let's say, capital punishment and all that stuff to make people squirmish. Today's dogma of whatever ideology it is, if it's totalitarian ideology, if it's leftist ideology, if it's communist ideology, leads people to do things more archaic than any religion can ever be accused of in all of history. Because rules are innate to the human nature. The only question is which rules you adapt. That's really the, the, the point I want to you know, really impress at this part of the show is every society will go towards rules. This idea of no rules, as you know, this uh, John Lennon fantasy of um, a world with no rules is ridiculously naive and over the last 200 years has proven itself to be the biggest falsehood because it was 
Dafka, specifically these societies that threw off all rules, that looked at the old world with disdain and uh, ran into new ideas, whether it was ideas, like we said, communism, fascism, etc., that have caused more death and havoc in our world in the last 200 years than any society has ever caused before in history. Because there will always be rules. That's what we'll always do. And the question is, will it be rules that we accept from God or will it be rules that a government with an agenda will impose on ourselves, on us? We'll explore more of this after this song and after this break. This is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson of Linksfield Chol. Thanks for being with us. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 Chai FM. This is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Atzin from Linksfield Shul. And here we are on this Tuesday and we're talking about rules. It's much, so much more than rules. The truth is it's not only about rules. It's about this basic idea that human beings always struggle with and they fall back to every single time. And that is, oh gosh, these rules and this ideology is so archaic. We are so modern. We are so new. We are so, of uh, you know, Western. We are postmodernist, whatever term people use. And therefore, we are going to finally break free. And then what happens inevitably? It doesn't lead to freedom. It leads to tyranny. Because if a society does not have rules that are given by God, and rules that are inherently moral, because that's just the way it is, then society will create new rules, but these rules will not be made by God. They will not have the human being's best interest at heart. They will serve a specific narrow agenda, either of an elite government group or an elite academic group regardless. And then that becomes the new religion. Think about what it means to be today a nice um, person of the world. How many religious dogmas there are. They don't call it religious. Um, you know, from everything, and not, and not necessarily any of the stuff do, I mean, some of the stuff I fundamentally disagree with, but not everything. But, you know, if you're an environmentalist, there's a whole religion to that. And if there is a, if you're, believe in intersectionality, there's a whole religious of that. And and when it comes to promiscuity, not promiscuity, but, you know, uh, sexual identity and all that stuff, there's a whole religion for that. And there's, and there's every single thing has multiple categories and rules and everything. Some of the stuff, I, again, I agree with some stuff not. But the point is, who makes the stuff up? It follows whatever people feel at the time. What feels right? What, or what is acceptable now? I, I remember hearing this, um, this point. I think it was brought up by Rabbi Lipsker. Rabbi Lipsker over here in South Africa he has a brother in Bell Harbor who does a lot of work in prisons. And he shares that he was in the 80s and he was sitting in the prison and he was having conversation with two different inmates. I don't think it was at the same time, but it was two different conversations. And the one inmate was a person who was just arrested recently in the 1980s um, for insider trading. And he's crying to the rabbi and he says, if only I didn't do it in the 80s, I did it in the 60s, I would be perfectly fine. And he says, then he goes to another cell 
and here's a fellow who's in prison because he was doing unlegal abortions in the 60s. He says, Rabbi, if only I waited for the 80s, I would be a hero. And his point was, it just brought that so close, you know, so clearly, that when morality is so based on people's whims, there's no essential right and wrong, but it's rather based on people's whims, then what was illegal and evil 10 years ago becomes the greatest um, um, aspiration and the greatest moral standing today. That's a very risque world because the world doesn't necessarily follow an inherent logic. And although many people will say that the, there's an arc of the universe and it progresses towards freedom, that's not true. It it's, depends who bends the arc um, of history. It depends what morality is guiding the people. History is an interesting roller coaster. It's a, it doesn't necessarily progress in one specific direction. And even if it seems to be going up, then it could go down quickly. Societies rise, societies fail. And ultimately, all that boils down to is every society needs a moral code. Every society needs to have a set of rules. Human beings cannot live without rules. We're not animals. There's, every society has rules. And again, I'm not talking about religious societies. You know, in Korea, there's societies, and I'm talking about South Korea, uh, there's, there's rules of how to engage, how to respect elders, how to talk to people. Every society has it. Why do I have to go to Korea? Here in Africa, everywhere, every community has things that are acceptable and things that are not acceptable, things you say and things you don't say. You know, you, you go to a society you're not so comfortable with and you say something and everyone looks at you like you fell off the moon or looks at you like they want to attack you because you just broke a taboo, you broke a norm. That's what societies do. Every society develops its culture and its way of life and a set of rules. Rules are inherent to the human condition, so therefore it boggles my mind, you know, after talking about this for a few minutes, my point is it boggles my mind when often I talk to people and they say, my gosh, Judaism has so many rules. I'm like, Judaism? Life has rules. The only difference is Judaism's rules were created by the, were made by the creator who knows the human product because he created the human being in his image. So he created rules that work for this human being because he knows the human being. Like often people say, gosh, God's out to torture us. No, he's not. He created you. You're his product. And he's just telling you how to use this product. He's telling you this food is good for this product and this food is not good. When I'm talking about product, I'm saying you, the human being. This behavior is befitting and this behavior is not. This thing will lead you towards happiness and this thing will not, etc., etc., etc. He's creating the very manual of how to live your life. So coming and saying Judaism has so many rules, I just, you know, for so many years I was defending and I would start saying, yeah, but there are many rules. However, everyone has rules. That's not the issue with Judaism. That's its blessing, that its rules are created by a divine God. Whether it's Judaism, where it's the Noahide laws for all of humanity, it is rules created by almighty God, the creator who knows his product and set it down. And that's why it is such a big deal, this holiday that we're leading into in just under two weeks, Shavuot, it is such a big deal. And although it maybe doesn't get the popularity of Passover, of Pesach, the holiday of freedom, it ought to because it's so much bigger than Passover. Passover is just the beginning of the journey. It's freedom. It's only freedom of. It's freedom of tyranny, but it offers no manual what next. Passover is just an empty blank slate, but what you do with that freedom 
can be incredibly holy and pious and life transformative for the good or can be destructive. Again, look at history. In the last 200 years, when society threw out all the ancient ideas, everything was primitive, ridiculous, this whole idea that there's a God, this whole idea that there's inherent morality, all the, all the societal norms are useless. What has it led to? Yes, in some ways, it's, the society is wealthier than ever it's ever been. And many will argue that th that itself is also based on religious ideas, the ideas of the free market. I mean, if you read the parsha, the Torah portion last week, all I, all about um, housing as a human right, and that everybody owns a house, and it will always go back to the family, regardless. Um, so many of the ideas that today we consider fundamentals of the West were, are very much based on the Torah and, and ideas. But the point, but that's aside the point. We advanced, we opened a society with new rules, new this, and what has it led to? It has led to a society that's lost, and when it's lost, it starts floundering on every new ism, every new idea. Every person that comes up with half an idea now is now running around the whole world offering workshops. This meditation and that and this and that, everyone's like running and saying, this is the new gospel, this is the new thing, this is what we have to run towards. Why? Because people are craving some anchor Instead of going to the good old stuff, the stuff that's kept your ancestors going and till today keeps many people going and things that are timeless because they're created by a timeless God who, when giving the Torah at Sinai, didn't only give it for the people of the time, but also had us in mind thousands of years later. Instead, they adapt the new guru, the new, the new moral voice. Um, I'll give you an example. You know, I love his writing, to be honest. I really do. In his book, Sapiens, Evil Novarari, Lessons 21st Century, Homo Deus, etc. But what was fascinating is when his books came out, how literally the, for so many people it became the new gospel. Now, he's a great writer and he's a wise fellow. But how does that become the new religion? And you see it. You see it with so many different writers. If it was, you know, these the new atheists, Richard Dawkins, Richard Hawkins, etc., or it's people that work in the self-help section and they become the new gospel, Stephen Covey, or uh, the gospel of marriage, the five love languages by Gary Chapman, and every single thing becomes the new, the new Bible, the new truth. And they're, they're all cute and they have, some of it has fundamentals of truth and some of it is total rubbish. Um, just one person's, uh, you know, ideas, which make them no more valid than Chaim Shmerl's ideas or whatever, you know, Jindo. But that's what happens when we don't have a strong anchor. We start running around like chickens without a head, trying to find the new moral voice and the new gospel and the new way to live in this age. But nobody that was born in this age can tell us how to live through the age. And that's why Torah is so, is so beautiful, because it's timeless. You know, when we run to these modern thinkers, uh, you know, people who were born in our age, okay, they're maybe a little older, last generation, two generations ago, but people very much born in this milieu, and you're asking them for the truths of life, unless they are tapping into the wisdom of old, all they can give you is the wisdom that they've accumulated while living in, in this specific environment, as this specific human being, in this specific um, time frame of history. That's a very narrow sliver of human truth that is extremely biased. 
It's impossible it won't be, not because the person's bad, but because they are being formed by the ideas and perspectives and, and, and you know, Zeitgeist of the time. So to come and sit there saying, oh, that's the new truth. I read this book, Rabbi. It is fantastic. It's the secret. It's the power of now. It's this. I mean, how many people have come and like, Rabbi, I found a new gospel. And yeah, some of these ideas are cute. Some of these ideas, again, are rubbish. But that's not the point. The point is, it's just another human being trying to make sense of this world. That's not the Bible. That's not absolute truth. It's just, an, oh, at most, it's a nice hypothesis. And especially now when living in a time that so many people are anxious and, and worried and struggling to find an anchor, it's high time, more than ever before. Okay, that's a big statement because I didn't live ever before. But more than in my lifetime, it's the highest time for us to go back to our roots, to go back to the stuff that's timeless, to the stuff that spoke to your grandmother in the shtetl and your great-great-grandmother and great-grandfather and, and it still talks to millions of people around the world today, the timeless truths of a timeless God. Because one thing I know is that if there's one being who actually knows what's good for human beings is the manufacturer himself. This is 101.9 This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. And yet, Judaism is so much more than just rules. By the way, this is Rabbi Levi Avtson of Linksfield Shoal, and here we are in the middle of the Fabringen. Just had a quick break, but continuing the conversation where we left off. It's not just rules. It's a way of making sense of life. It's a way of making sense of this world. The rules are a very big part of it. But, you know, I was having this conversation with a, a wonderful person a few nights ago. Um, she's Jewish, but has not had pretty much any exposure to Judaism. And we were talking about, you know, what Judaism is, and she says it's only rules. Okay, then the conversation continued, and we ended up talking about spirituality. We ended up talking about uh, morality. We ended up talking about um, physics and thought and everything. And at some stage, she turns to me and says, now, where's all the stuff you're saying? I'm saying that's all Judaism. And after about an hour of the conversation, she turns to me and says, Rabbi, so... If I believe everything you just said, I just use different words. I use energy rather than God. I use purpose rather than Torah. I, I, I believe in other realities other than the physical reality. I believe in essence and you call it soul. Does that mean I'm religious? And for me, it was, it was a powerful moment. It was also a very sad moment because that's what happens when religion is often just shared as a body of rules. The rules are the, the practical application of it, but the, the thought, the ideology, the perspective, the intellectual rigor of its, of its rules, its philosophy, its physics, its spirituality is so beautiful, so comprehensive, it's so thorough. In other words, if somebody just said, I want to have a, a, a pleasurable intellectual experience. And I would tell them, oh, come, let's learn some Talmud together. They would say, really? Judaism offers intellectualism? Real intellectualism? No, intellectualism is only in the secular. It's only in, 
in the academia. Are you kidding me? Have you ever tried to break your, your head on a piece of Talmud with all its commentaries? Have you ever tried to understand a complicated Hasidic text, Kabbalistic piece, or you know just Jewish mysticism? Have you ever tried to go through the how a piece of Talmud evolves into Jewish law, into halakha, into the way of living? How it turns from a idea into the practicality and the amount of um, the evolutionary process it goes, but unlike evolution, which is you know often understood as random, over here it's intentional. But one teacher building on the teachings of a previous teacher, etc., generation after generation, as it becomes more opened up and more explored and more articulated, it is a real intellectual journey. Now that's not why we do it. We do it because it's a way of connecting to God. But the point is. Judaism offers more than just a rule book and a navigation. It offers a way to make sense of this world, to understand why I'm here. Judaism has an answer to that existential question that so many people walk around with. It has more than one answer. It has multiple layers of answers. There is one ultimate answer, but it's not something that you, you, know, you answer on one foot. It's a deep, deep question, but it's not just one of those questions that you, you die without having any clarity on. It's not true. There's answers. There's answers to the purpose of life, why we're here, where are we going, what's the meaning of what we do. This incredible amount of wisdom, there's so much out there. Are you allowing yourself to see it? Because what, when I'm looking around and I'm seeing the amount of people in pain, I just saw a study coming out of Israel, I think it was that the the acting out of anger in youth has grown in the last year or two by 375% in Israel. That was, that was just the country I saw it come out of. But I imagine it's no different than the rest of the world. With COVID, with all the tension, with heightened political discourse, etc., people are stressed out of their minds. And you know, we're going to therapy, and we're taking, you know, many are taking medication, and many people are doing whatever they can, but ultimately those are all important. But at the core, the best way to cope with all this upheaval, with all this confusion, with all this worry, is by having an anchor. And your anchor has to be bigger than you. In other words, the ideas you're anchoring yourself in are not just nice pop psychology that you just heard when you pay, when you paid I don't know five thousand rand to go hear a great international course. Um, no, timeless truths, stuff that come from an almighty God, stuff that come from the Creator Himself. And when you anchor yourself in something so much bigger than yourself, something so that transcends time and space bigger than the universe itself. In other words, these truths are created by the creator who's so much more than, than the universe. You know, we often refer to God as a creator, but that's the least of his compliments. In other words, yeah, he created the world, boo-hoo, for a God that is beyond definition and beyond limits and, and indescribable. The fact that he created the world is very sweet, but that's not his biggest compliment. And when you're getting the wisdom of this creator God that is articulated in his Torah, in his in the five books of Moshe and the Tanakh, and all wisdom over the generations, based on Jewish tradition, or Mesorah, you are tapping into pure truth. And we need 
truth. In a world that confuses us, in a world of post-truth, of what they call fake news, and in a world that just seems as confused as ever. We have more self-help gurus running around the world today than ever before in history, and yet we are the most confused cohort in history. So many of us are just running around without ounce of a clue how to make sense of this world. And I really believe that the answer is to look into God's wisdom with new eyes. Maybe the Judaism you learned seemed archaic, technical, cultural, irrelevant, abstract. And I would beg you to detox from that. Not sure what the best way to detox is, but detox from that and come with fresh eyes. You'll be amazed at how much clarity, meaning, purpose there is. I mean, just listen to the Chai FM, you know, soul to soul every every day from sun from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. And you hear rabbis, rabbitsons, speakers sharing different ideas on an infinite amount of topics in a way that's hopefully relevant for your life. And it's all Torah, it's all God's words, and it's all timeless truths. Don't do it out of duty, although that would be nice. Do it because you really need it. We all need it. We all need some anchoring. We all need clarity. And Torah is the right way to get it. This is 101.9 Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avton on 101.9 Chai FM. This is 101.9 Chai FM, my name is Rabbi Levi Atzin, and we're coming to the end of the show. Would love to engage. You know, often I walk into one of the stores and someone will walk over to me and comment on something I said on the show. Agree, disagree, share your thoughts, share your perspective, 34519, or email the station, they'll forward it to me. But in any way, would love to have you part of this conversation. And... My prayer for each and every one of us is that we we explore deeper, that we go deeper, that we uncover more profound ideas to help us navigate this world, and that we adopt practices given to us by God that are in our best interests, that will help us find our way in this world. That's what halacha means, means to walk, to walk in this world. It's a way to to navigate this world. Rules are not there to constrain us. They're there to enable us. They're there to help us use our product, which is ourselves, in the best way to optimize ourselves in this world. So go with a free mind, with a real free mind, and relook at your heritage, your story, your history, where you come from and where you're going. Because I promise you this, you will not be disappointed. You couldn't ask for more. Have a great day.